All right, everybody, welcome back to the Deal Gem Podcast. I'm Joe Zanka, the host and managing partner at Deal Gem Partners, the show sponsored by Deal Gem Partners. What Deal Gem Partners does is we provide turnkey deal origination services for private equity buyers and strategic buyers. So we go out to the market and we originate deals and increase your likelihood of closing deals by 10x. Um, on today's show, we're going to be talking about the offer. So the offer, an offer obviously is what you're bringing to the market for your services or, you know, if you're selling goods, you know, what are you offering them for? What are you offering them for compared to your competition? You know, what aspects of an offer could you change right now to make you more money, to have you close more deals? So we dive into different aspects of an offering. We also dive into our offer, which we've iterated quite a few times, at least a dozen over the last year. And it's really changed our business and our ability to sell. And I think that one important thing that we discuss is how rather than adding new services and offer, you know, adding new ways of making money within our business, we just continually tweak our offering to have it maximize the amount of value that we're bringing to our clients and also maximize the amount of opportunity that we're bringing to ourselves and our ability to earn money and our ability to you know, continue to grow as a business. So looking forward to um, diving in here with you and having you know Brian and I discuss this a little bit more and feel free to like and comment um, you know, on any of these posts that you see about this episode and, you know, take a look at Deal Gem Partners and our website. And thanks for listening. Let's just jump in. I mean, I think the, the purpose of what we wanted to talk about on this first one was, you know, what got us into business, which is kind of crafting and always iterating, you know, uh, our offering and make it, making it as good as it possibly can be to the market that we're trying to sell into. Um, you know, one big thing about that is, you know, basically trying to come up with an offer that people would not for nothing, but feel dumb, uh, turning down and you yeah. know, shout out to, uh, Alex Hermosi kind of, he wrote that book and you know, uh, the million dollar offers and you know, we read it and it really, really resonated with us. And I think it's one of the first times I've, you know, been a handful of times, maybe my whole life where I've read something and actually like taken serious action about what we, what we read and what we took in. Um, but it's changed everything for us, you know, so let's kind of jump in. I mean, you know, what are some takeaways that you took, you know, and you know, how, I guess I should ask you, what was our original offer and what did we change about it that turned it into what we consider now a pretty, pretty great offer? Yeah. So, you know, I I was thinking about this when we decided this is what we were going to talk about. And I, I think, like the way I was kind of thinking of it in my head to frame it is we went from working with small businesses and even people who were doing things as a side hustle to changing our offer and being able to work with multi-billion dollar private equity funds. And essentially we're providing the same service. We just repositioned what our offer was. And we went from dealing with, you know, I don't, I don't like saying like bottom feeder clients, but people who were fighting to pay us a few hundred dollars a month to a million dollars is a rounding error for the groups we're working with now. So our offer not only, you know, made us better, but it increased our quality of client to the point where there's nobody better to be working with than the guys we're working with right now and the groups we're working with. And, um, you know, to our initial offer was to take 
a healthy portion of what we're doing right now for our clients, but we were positioning it as a, this is a monthly service where we're doing lead generation for a variety of companies, right? And we did it through various channels. But now we mastered that process, added more to it to be more of a robust offering, but simply changed the way we get paid. And it skyrocketed our, our business. Yeah, no, it truly did. It truly did. I, I, I completely agree. I think that, you know, looking at, if you look at like an industry and the industry that if, you know, someone's listening out there that they're in, um, I mean, the first way, like you said, that we changed everything about what we were doing is just offering it to the right group, you know, and, right. and I think that that really kind of opens up um, your ability to charge more. You know, and just like, again, same, same type of services that we were once offering. But like you said, you know, to, it used to, it went from being an expensive couple hundred dollars to a pretty, uh, fair, if not, you know, inexpensive tens of thousands of dollars, uh, to the new group. And it's, it's a, it's just a repositioned way of doing things. Um, but let's dive a little bit deeper. I mean, you know, there's more to just providing, you know, we were, we were at one point providing lead generation services. And right. now, sure. you know, the way that we package what we do, I think is entirely different. And even though we're using the same tools, the way it's packaged, the way it's positioned is super important into how our current clients and future clients see the value that we bring to the table. You know, so what aspects that do you think, you know, right now that when we're on a sales call, what do we highlight about what we do now that's different than what we were doing before. Yeah. And, you know, I think an important piece too is just cause there's a company out there doing B2B lead generation now doesn't mean they can apply it to the private equity world. We had a skill set that not a lot of people had coming from a, you know, lead generation marketing agency and saying, Hey, we can now go talk to hundred million dollar companies on behalf of a private equity fund saying, we want to buy your business, right? And build a book of business of billions of dollars of capital that allow us to go out and buy these companies. So we brought a certain skill set to the table with, you know, my experience in the M&A world, your experience as an entrepreneur who sold a company, I sold a company as well. We bring an interesting perspective to the clients we have now, where before, you know, we took the same principles of lead generation, said, Let's combine it with this skill set, apply it to an industry that this is a unique model in this industry, what we do. There is not a lot of other groups out there doing what we do the way we do it. And it's been very well received. So, you know, I think part of the, the change wasn't just, hey, we go from monthly to deal value. It was we added and combined our expertise, our secret sauce and how we generate leads and applied that to a new industry. But when you peel back all the layers, we're kind of doing the same thing we've been doing. It's just in a different world now and it's very focused. So, you know, I think that pre-existing skill set is something that is a big barrier to entry for someone else to say, "Oh, well, we can generate leads. Let's just do it for the biggest funds in the world." I don't think they're going to be able to do that. I don't either. No, I I definitely don't think they they will be either. I think it's one of those things where you know, we're completely okay talking about what we do and how we go about doing our business because it's going to be incredibly hard, you know, for someone to repeat. There's a lot of barriers to entry to try to do, you know, what we're creating right now. And, you know, you brought up 
something important, which is like, you're not just repositioning how you charge the client, you're repositioning everything about what you do. And I think that one thing, you know, within an offer comes salesmanship and you kind of have to paint the picture of like what you're offering somebody, how it's going to, you know, you talk to them as if, you know, you're not necessarily selling them something, but you're talking to them in the future when you're providing what you do and how it's going to make them feel, you know? So rather than doing what they're currently doing, which in our case, our clients, there's a number of different ways that they um, find deals. Um, A couple to point out would be from the same investment banking network they've always dipped into, or, you know, they go out and they hunt and peck and they, they plant seeds for, for transactions that may happen later. Well, the difference between what they're currently doing, if that's a scenario, and what we bring to the table is that we bring transaction-ready deals to them right. every day. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things where if you guys have dry powder, you have capital sitting on the sidelines that you're looking to invest, and we're going to bring transaction-ready opportunities to you that if it fits the criteria that you're looking to invest in, you can go ahead and act on it now because it's ready to be purchased or it's ready for investment. and so you can paint the picture of, imagine not having to go out and hunt and peck. Imagine being able to work on crafting and executing LOIs and doing due diligence on the deals that you're currently um, purchasing right now all day long and not have to worry about, okay, when this one closes, I have to restart that engine, go back and reach out to the same bankers, have the same new conversations. We're going to be the ones that are having those conversations. You know what I mean? So we're doing lead generation, which we were once doing, the leads are coming to deal gen, which is our team. We're combing through them. We're finding all the right opportunities that fit your mandate and putting them on a platter for you to then put in LOIs and do due diligence. So it's cutting out so much fat from what you're doing right this second that, you know, it's one of those things where it's almost a no brainer. And then coupling that, you know, we've done a couple extra steps in our offer to make it really a no brainer. And, you know, one of which is something that we're toggling with right now, but having that money back guarantee where you really kind of right. do put your money where your mouth is. So not only are you painting this picture of my life's going to be different and easier and, you know, better, and I'm going to be able to execute better on what I do as a private equity investor every day by using deal gen. But if they don't do what they say they're going to do, they're not going to charge me anything. So they're really kind of right. putting every, you know, all their cards on the table and saying, Hey, we're so good at what we do that we're willing to do it basically for free and prove to you that this is going to work and we're the right choice. Yeah. I mean, two things in there, right? One, the, the putting our money where our mouth is in guaranteeing it definitely helps us win the trust and obvious trust of these funds right? Because it's a lot of, well, how do we trust that you guys are going to do what you say? Well, if we're willing to put our money where our mouth is and work for you for a full year, and if we don't deliver, you get your money back, which is such a small fee compared to what they're used to paying. It it was a, like you said it early on, it's that no brainer, right? It's that I feel dumb if I don't take this type of offer. And the other piece is we only focus on this, right? A private equity fund has to originate a deal, evaluate the deal, go through due diligence, put in their LOI, get the financing, continue to evaluate the company through close. There's a ton of moving parts for these funds 
if we, when we come to them and say, hey, all we do all day long is originate opportunity. I mean, we, we've, a case study that we have is a brand new fund came to us and four weeks later put in their first LOI. That could have taken them four months, four years, depending on you know how they were able to source those opportunities. So our, our incredible sniper focus on deal origination makes that offer even better because we're not getting distracted by anything. We don't want to close these deals. We don't want to do the due diligence. That's their expertise. Our expertise is sticking to originating opportunity and putting it towards you know the right buyer and giving them something on a platter to just get across the finish line. We'll bring them right to the 20 yard line. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So we've talked a lot about how our offer is painted towards the buyer, how the private equity groups, you know, how we pitch it, how they view it. Um, one thing that I struggled with when I first became a business owner was, you know, we always, and I think everybody does this naturally, right? They, they offer, um, the lowest price. They, they try to compete yeah. on price. They say, well, this guy, you know, this, this company over here does this service for a thousand dollars. So I can get more customers if I just do the same thing for $700, you know, and it's, so it's, always trying to figure out like, oh, well, what price will somebody pay based on, you know, what the market is having for the same service? So you're trying to offer the same service, but just for a different price. And I think that can be a huge mistake. You know, I think that one thing that we've done and that you've kind of led the charge on here is continuing to up the price that we charge for what we do. But at the same time, you know, you're offering more, you're giving more, you're positioning it better, but you're not afraid to ask for the money that you deserve and the money that you can get because it's not, you know, what we're doing right now is we've crafted an offer that is hard to compare to something else. So it eliminates we're doing the same service. Um, and we're doing it towards people, like we mentioned, who you know, the amount of money that we're charging is typically a rounding error. Um, but for anybody out there listening that, you know, is currently competing on price, I mean, what are some of the things that, you know, tactics that you've used in just a short, you know, call it a year to go from offering a $1,500 a month service to doing what we do now? Um, you know, you're, you've done it basically on sales calls just in the moment. And how could somebody out there listening right now do that? Yeah, that, I mean, that's an awesome question. And, and I think... Part of being able to ask for what you're worth is building the trust before you ask, essentially, right? So our sales process evolved as our offer and ask evolved. And, you know, I mean, when you you were the reason that we changed our whole sales process and the way we do it now, we essentially prove to the client we can bring them deals that they're going to be excited to evaluate before they ever sign up with us, right? So our process, which might be a little unique, but people listen and might get something out of it. We have our initial call and we say, hey, you know, I think we can bring you deals that you'd like to work with, or, you know, you'd like to work with us to bring you deals. Let us prove it to you by putting together some of the deals that we've uncovered that our clients haven't bought. And we'll show them to you as a demonstration of showing you what we can do, what we say we can do and uncover these opportunities. And then a few days later, we get back on the call with that prospect and we go through five, six, seven, 10 live opportunities without ever asking them for anything, right? Just to prove 
that we are what we say we are. And I mean, our goal is to become undeniable and irreplaceable, right? Like we want people to be like, these guys are the best in the business and we cannot operate without them. And part of that is winning that trust before we even make the sale. You know, if you're selling widgets or AirPods or whatever, you don't need to go through that sales process. But in a B2B service, people are going to want to know that you can do what you say you do before they pay you. And I think that demonstration of here is some real life deals that we've uncovered that you can buy if you like them, that that puts us so far ahead of the game versus someone saying, well, you got to pay me and then I'll show you what we can do. You know, so I think just positioning the way we present our proof in the pudding and then the ask that allows us to continue to up that ask. And as we have more and more success, yeah, we want to push the limit because right now we're getting a good amount of money, but we know we work 10 times harder than that fee we get up front. So if we can get 10 X on that fee, we know we're going to deliver. And then you add in the fact of we're willing to pay you this money back. If we don't perform, we've, we've won their trust before we ever asked them for a dime. And I think that's a really important you know, evolution of our offer was when you said, hey, we got to show them deals first and we got to win their trust before we just say, sure, give us X amount of dollars to go do this. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's that's really, that was the key, man. And that's allowing us to say, all right, let's add another X amount of thousands of dollars to this fee. Let's try this percentage of deal value instead of that percentage of deal value. And eventually, you know, we're going to land on a, on a number that hopefully we only got to work with three or four clients a year instead of 13 or 14. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, building that trust is, I think that, you know, we are in a unique position because it doesn't, it doesn't require because of what we do, we're always hunting deals and originating opportunities. You know, there's always ones on the sideline that we have access to that we can show, you know, um, any new prospects, which is great. But I think that you can apply that logic across almost any industry and the logic is basically just that, you know, go that extra step to give, 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 give before you ask for anything. And I think if you do that, you know, building in trust is literally just how, you know, we've experienced how many times, you know, just in our lives in general, where you're like, I could get this service or I could get this product for a better price on the market. You know what I mean? But I'm going to go with this group because they've, They've won my trust. They've won that. I think that those guys can do the job. You know, the the amount of money is not some insurmountable thing that they're asking for. And typically, it's not with any service. You know, if you're a moving right. if you're a moving company, you know, the guy that goes and does the in person walkthrough at the house and walks through and listens to the stories that the homeowner who's moving out they lived there for twenty five years they have a story that they tell in every single room, but they listen, they laugh, they shake their head they give a quote, you know, right on, on the doorstep is, is going to win the business over the person who decided not to take the drive and who decided, you know, just like, I'm going to send out this blind quote for my computer and look like everybody else. And that person that's at the door could ask for probably at least a couple hundred, if not a couple thousand dollars more, but they've won the trust. They, they took that extra time to drive to the client and show them that they're the ones you know, that are meant to do the job. And it's similar in what you just said, where we take the extra time to hop on a second or third call with these individuals, walk through all these, the different details of a deal, you know, even go above and beyond and make introductions if they're interested in some of those deals before we've even been paid a dime. And 
that's all part of that offer. It's all part of like, hey, this is this is our offer, but we're going to show you what you get when you do buy it. You know, this is what you're going to get 365 days a year. And it, it has made a tremendous difference in our ability to sell it. Yeah, and, and when we show all that they'll get and we say, you're going to get all this for only X amount, it makes it even more of a no-brainer. You know, because the the I think an important thing in an offer is the price you ask can't outweigh the value that they perceive, right? It's just plain and simple. It sounds easy, but it, it's very true. If we said, hey, you get all this, but you have to give us a zillion dollars up front to do it, it doesn't matter what we're offering. They're not they're not saying yes. You know, I, I a couple months ago when I, I got my gutters replaced on the house, the guy spent an hour going through all the options that are out there. And then here's what they cost. Here's what this one costs. And then he brought out what they do. Here's ours. And after showing me all that other stuff, I knew that that wasn't going to be cheap, but I knew just from looking at it after what he told me, that was the right purchase. Like I need to buy this thing. And then once he ran through all the bells and whistles they have and said, it only cost me this much to do it. That was more than I thought I was going to pay, but he built that value into it by saying, here's what else is out there. Here's why we're better than all the rest. And if it was, you know, $2,500 more, I was willing to pay that because he built so much value into it and made it sound like you're an idiot if you don't take this and you're going to be calling me back in a year. And I, I think we try to take that approach. Um, and we, we stole a little bit of that from, from TJ, who's our business coach, right? Talk about, talk about that process of how he, you know, sold us. We got to the point where we said we need to hire this guy, and we had no idea what he cost. Yeah, I mean, he was a, um, you know, he was a pretty warm introduction um, from, you know, a, a an associate of ours and uh, of mine. You know, I had um, his wife on the show on my old podcast, um, and then, you know, went back to her, asked her about coaching opportunities. Um, she thought would be maybe a better fit for TJ, her husband. And so, you know, we talked to him on the phone, we came in, he, you know, met him, we hit it off. Um, he asked us our goals, what we wanted out of coaching, what we were trying to build, all these things, you know, we answered a ton of questions. Um, we asked him a bunch of questions, but one of the things that, you know, he was pretty keen on was learning about our needs and our desires and our pain points that he wanted, that, that we wanted solved before he gave us a number. You know, and that's where I think that another thing that we've started doing is don't just have some generic, you know, um, offering all the time. It's good to have, you know, some level of customization in each each process and how you approach it. You know, someone might want and need something else solved that, you know, one client has different problems than the next client. You know, with ours, yes, they're all looking for deal flow. Um, some of them are looking for deal flow for their existing portfolios. Others are looking to buy the first company of their fund. You know, they've never even bought one before. So there's differences in every client. There's differences in what we were looking for compared to some of the other people he coaches. But he did a really good job of listening, learning our pain points, you know, understanding where we were at as a business. We're a startup, you know, in many ways. Um, we're not some, you know, 50-year-old legacy company that has, mm -hmm. you know, funds Funds mattered to us. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, he just painted the picture of what value. We, he showed us where we were today, and we talked about where we wanted to go. 
and he kind of proved to us that he could help get us there. And then we landed on a price, you know, through a basic negotiation that made sense for everybody. Um, but we wanted to work with him and we, like you said, we had no idea he could, it could have been, it could have been a massive range of potential, you know, monetary like price Mm -hmm. range. Um, but at that time, you know, we were like, we don't want to interview another coach. We want to work with you. And so it all, it all worked out in the way it did, but a lot of it had to do with what he did prior to even asking for anything. Right. And he, he, without telling us the price, he proved so much to us that we, we wouldn't have been surprised if he said he costs 10 times what he does cost, you know, because he, he built that value into his pitch. And then when he said, no, I, this is what I charge. It was almost a breath of fresh air to us to say, yeah, we'd love to pay you that much money, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think too, one of the, you know, one of the challenges with any sales cycle, but in particular hours where, we have to build so much trust before we get to yes is we're starting to identify the, you know, the red flags of, well, who are the guys that we shouldn't waste our time trying to build this trust with because they're just tire kickers, right. you know? And like, are you seriously evaluating this or are you just trying to get free looks at deals from us because that's part of our sales process. And, you know, that's something that, I think we're really trying to work hard on because you don't want to give up an opportunity, but if we spend all our days chasing our tail and showing things to funds that have no intention of ever working with us, we're out of business really fast, you know? So that, that's been a a delicate dance and I think we're improving that. And, you know, while we don't get to what we cost very early in a conversation, we do try to get to, would you be willing to pay for a service like this very early? Because if they say no, our conversation stops there. If they say maybe, or yeah, we do this with other groups, then the door's open and we're going to kick it down. I agree. I agree. I think, you know, um, one of the things I do want to touch upon too, you know, before we hop off here is, you know, when it comes to when the price is being presented, I mean, there's a lot of service-based businesses out there that do, you know, maybe they have a unique service like we kind of have, or maybe they have a pretty generic, you know, offering that's hard to really differentiate. But at the end of the day, if you go that extra mile and present the trust, present, you know, um, you know, lay out for them that you're the right person for the job and, and you can see, you know, in their body language and in what they're, how they're responding that, they agree with you and they want to do this. You know, one thing that we haven't been afraid of doing is continually, you know, asking for more money, um, in our offer. I mean, it just went from, like I said, at the, you know, a little bit ago, it went from being a $1,500 a month thing to something that now we charge, you know, upwards of 40,000 a year to do, but it's because one, we, we know that we're providing that much value, but two, you know, you, you just can't be afraid to, to ask and you can't be, you can't discount yourself. You know, you can't discount. Um, and a part of discounting yourself is just being afraid to ask. It really is. And you've never been afraid to ask, you know, on the sales call, just been like, Hey, I'm just gonna, Hermosi says it best. I mean, sometimes when you come up with the best offer you possibly can, the way you land on price is just saying a number that, you know, almost makes you giggle a little bit when you say it out loud. Right, right, right. And we're not, you know, we're far from, 
from charging a, a, a fee that we would look at each other and go, can you believe this guy paid us that, you know, or how are we going to deliver this much value? But if you don't continue to, I mean, the easiest thing in the world is to just raise your prices, right? And make more money. And we're doing, you can't just do it. You have to prove it, right? You right. have to deliver on that. So we are backing up the talk essentially. Um, but we're going to continue to push that envelope. And I don't know where, the you know the structure of our fees stops but i also don't think we're really close to it either i think we're gonna you know we're gonna continue to push that envelope let, let talk a little bit about how we went from you know our model right is a retainer fee for the year plus a success fee on the deals we bring that they close right so think of it in a real estate agent model um someone would pay us to go look for a house and then they'd pay us when we find the house and they buy it a percentage of what that house is worth, right? So that that's our model, but with private equity. And we went, we got away from saying, okay, pay us this monthly retainer, and that's it, because of a couple reasons, right? One of those reasons was every if you're getting paid for something monthly, every time it's that invoice is due, just subliminally, human nature is, do I want to pay these guys again? Have they delivered enough value? And we wanted to hedge against that because not that we're not delivering enough value, but sometimes these deals take 12 months to close after we bring it to them. We needed that runway, you know? So now by saying, hey, pay us for the year, we've given ourselves a runway. It's a one-time fee. We bury our heads. We never ask you for a dime again until that deal closes. And when that deal closes, they couldn't be happier to pay us because they just did their job. We helped them succeed in their fund and deploy this capital and find the next best investment. So getting away from that monthly model to a yearly retainer that we guarantee, it just makes the whole client relationship process so much better. You're not fighting for your life every month. And again, not that we're not winning that fight, but you don't have to think about, oh shit, it's the 31st again. Are these guys going to pay? They already paid us. We bury our head. We go to work. Yeah. Yeah, and it's one of those things where, you know, now it's not, okay, how many leads did I get right. this month? Uh, how many leads did I get last month? How many leads did I get the month before? It's, am I closer and am I getting closer and closer to closing a deal? Did I close a deal? How many deals did I close last year? You know, so they're evaluating you on a year-long timeline where they can see, you know, okay, at the beginning, you know, these guys started showing me X amount of companies, and then that revved up. And then I put in these many LOIs and then I put in, you know, these, this many LOIs got accepted. I made, I closed this many deals with this group versus, you know, well, last month you showed me 10 things. This month you only showed me eight. This month you showed me 10. You know, at what point in time are you guys going to show me something that I close on? We're not fighting that, right. that battle. All we're doing is, and it allows us to be not, it just aligns incentives so much more because, if we're fighting that battle every month, you know, on month five, if they haven't closed a deal, um, you know, and, and they're, and they're looking at it just as a pure lead generation tool, they're going to be like, all right, well, we're going to start sending them leads that might not even fit their criteria at all. Just to show it like, Hey, we're, we're still working for you guys. Don't worry. We're still over here. Here's a plumbing company, even though you're work, you're looking for software, you know, what it allows us to do is be laser focused on exactly what they want because all they right. want is transactions that are going to close. And so it doesn't matter if we only showed them three deals last month. 
if there were three very high quality deals that they hadn't seen that they had a chance at buying before anybody else, then we're really doing our job. And if one of those deals becomes a portfolio of company of theirs, then that's all that that's all that matters. So you're not it's not a numbers right. game anymore. It now it's a all right, go out and execute. You know, you have you have what you asked me for. Now go out and execute. And you know, it's it's been great. I mean, it's been it's been tremendous to to work in that capacity because, you know, it just allows us to do what we're best at, which is go out and be laser focused on what they're looking for. Well, I mean, I think at the end of the day, you know, we talked a lot about the different components of an offer. I think that one thing I would challenge everybody to do, and it's not one of those things that you change everything about it at once. You know, we've made iterations. We've made probably 10, 12 iterations to it over the last 12 months. Um, Sometimes it's on just the price. Sometimes it's on what we package it with. Sometimes it's on how we present it. How How do we sell it? What is the PDF version of it look like? How do we present it on the website? You know, you can do one at a time, but go back and look at what you're offering right now and look at where there may be holes and look at, you know, what's keeping you from making more money, what's keeping you from getting more clients, what's keeping your competition from beating you out, you know, um, when, when you guys are competing on the same, you know, price and start, start iterating and start changing it. We heard a good quote the other day and I'll end it with this, you know, you don't make, you don't become wealthy on the 43rd thing you try to do the 43rd new business you try, you make, you become wealthy doing something that you've been working on, you know, the 43rd time you do that. So keep iterating what you're already doing. If it's already working, just try to make it better. Try to add more value. Try to increase your prices. Try to drive more. You don't have to, the next stream of income doesn't have to be something entirely new. It could just come from what you're already doing positioned in a different way.